Joe, welcome. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks very much for being here with us today. So we're joined by Joanna Taylor. Um, Joe, we uh, I guess we met quite a while ago now, didn't we? Um, when we yeah, uh, for all this happened. Yeah, and uh, we've been threatening getting together for a, a podcast for quite a while now, um, but unfortunately, due to the due to the pandemic, it's not been very easy to get us both in the same room to re- to record it, has it really? But um, you know, we won't let that stop us. Technology and all that ushering us into the brave new world um so um yeah but i guess when we when we met up we we got discussing the uh the paradigm of women in technology uh, quite a bit and uh i know that's something that's quite close to your heart and uh you've got you know, quite a particular perspective on um and i guess it'd be you know quite useful to have a, a chat with you around that today um if you uh, would be so keen um so um you you are a developer now um a software developer at sky and uh, I guess you're someone who's who kind of entered into the, the, the tech scene after a, a change in career because you, you kind of were doing a, a previous career prior to that. So I guess what would be quite interesting to hear from your perspective in the first instance is kind of what attracted you to the, uh, to, you know, the world of technology and, and a career in technology. And, uh, you know, why did you decide to, to switch paths and, and, and come over to the dark side? <laughs> okay. Well, so, I mean, I've, I've had a few different careers. So I was a journalist for many years, a uh, print journalist, and then um, I became a personal trainer for five years and run my own business doing that. And that was something I'm really passionate about, really loved. Um, but then I developed an injury and I needed to have an operation and I just felt like I couldn't do that, that role anymore. And I was really looking for the next step. What can I do next? And I'd actually, um, my husband works in technology and he actually worked for Sky at the time. Um, he works for a startup now, but um, I was going to a lot of t- uh, technology conferences with him, like Cisco Live and things, looking around the room and going, there's no women here. There's literally no women. The only women there were sort of PR girls and things. And I thought, you know, why is this? This is really strange. Mm. And I sort of thought back to my own experiences at school and, you know, I mean, I always loved technology. You know, my dad was really into his computers and we always had the latest tech and we had the internet before anyone else and you know it was kind of I was always really passionate about it but I'd never considered a career in, in that kind of field and I thought you know why is that that's it's really strange so I had some conversations with some guys there and they were like oh you know women don't want to do this job and I said well is that true though I'm not not sure it is so um you know that kind of got me thinking and I was really you know thought god this has got to change and I thought well how do you change it well you've got to kind of get involved you know you've got to be the change that you want to see so um and then just serendipitously I found this magazine and um I saw that Sky were doing this get into tech scheme um for women so it's they teach women how to code and then with the um you don't have to take a job or you know you don't have to apply for a job at the end of it but they encourage you to um, whether it's with Sky or, or someone else. And um, so I applied for a job at Sky after I, I did the scheme and then I've been there ever since. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Get Into Tech scheme was brilliant because it really gave you an insight into what working with coding is like. Mm. It, it trains you in, in all these different aspects, lots of different areas of technology as well. Um, so, yeah, that's that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think it, it is it is great when companies are proactive like that and have those kind of initiatives and those kind of strategies because obviously they are, you know, helping hand for for anybody to get into technology. But um, um, I guess then, so 
I mean, it is it's clearly a big hot topic for a lot of companies still. I mean, when I'm speaking to clients, it is something that's very much at the forefront of their mind about the kind of diversity of the team and you know the, the kind of uh, representation, proportional representation within the team. So how do you feel that, you know, despite companies, I think, actively and proactively trying to do something to, to even up the balance um, over the last few years, how do you feel things have changed over the last few years or if, if indeed they have and you know what what do you feel the landscape is looking like for for women in tech today i think it's getting better and i do think that these initiatives help but at the same time you know that they can hinder as well because people some people feel that you've been given an unfair advantage you know you're only here because you're a woman not necessarily because you actually know what you're doing which you know can be difficult um, to overcome there's, there's still those biases the teams are still very male dominated so getting your voice heard is sometimes difficult I mean I'm really lucky because I'm in a 50-50 team and it is getting better and you know Sky is definitely um, leading that change that we we are getting a lot more women into technology a lot more women into leadership so um, things are changing but it has to start earlier it has to start at schools you know, women need to be, girls need to be choosing STEM subjects at school. They need to be going into these things. And it's still not happening, you know, even in this day and age. It's still not, not starting, you know, in the schools, which, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's okay changing career, you know, half, halfway through. And that, that's great. And that's been really good for me. And, you know, obviously you have transferable skills. So, but really... People need to be going into these jobs from the beginning. I mean, I certainly wish I had. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good point, actually, because I think, yeah, a lot of people often, we, we kind of aim the, the lens of, of blame at, at the, the you know, commercial world and, and workforces and selection processes today. But, you know, does the issue like a more kind of fundamental level within education? And, you know, there's, there is this kind of argument, I guess, that I've heard in the past that, that you know, rightly or wrongly, people have said that, um, you know, women... Uh, don't necessarily gravitate towards those kind of STEM subjects as much as men um, you know so is there something more that could be done in schools you know to kind of even up that balance but you know from your perspective do you feel that's fair um, what, what do you think about the kind of education and is there a bias there at the moment in, in sort of schools and the educational system? I think there is I mean I think it, it's it's still that that case of you know boys play with trucks and girls play with dolls and you know that doesn't happen until kids go to school it's, you know, when, when kids are still at home, that they'll just pick up whatever toy there is. You know, they don't really think about it. But as soon as they they found that as soon as they go to school, say at three or four, suddenly they're like, oh, no, that, that's a boy's toy or that's a girl's toy. And that's still happening, which is really strange. Because to me, it's like, I feel like that's kind of like from the dark ages, you know, from when I was at school. But it's still happening. And we went into schools as Sky. Um, we went into a school to teach 12-year-olds how to code. And the girls were still a bit like, oh, you know, this is, a bit, you know, this is weird. And so we, we actually taught them about, you know, this is how many women drop off from STEM subjects. And, and they, were, they were quite shocked, you know. And, and I was sort of standing there going, you know, look, I'm doing it. It's a great job. You know, it pays really well. And they were like, ooh, you know, I haven't really considered it. And they were looking at me thinking, oh, you're not the sort of typical person that we expect that works in technology because I think yeah. there's still that kind of idea of that hacker in the basement you know with the hoodie and things and um and, and girls don't really want to be that you know or some do but yeah you know, a lot of the girls want to do more sort of creative um jobs 
And technology can be incredibly creative, but they just don't see that side of things. Mm. So once we got them doing some coding and, and you know, um, creating some, so we have this maze that they had to um, create in, in Scratch and get to create their own little characters and then, you know, do, um, you know, you could create anything you wanted so that the character could change, it could, it could go different directions and some of the stuff they came up with was so amazing and, yeah. and but they couldn't they didn't even see that as coding then they just thought oh you know, it's just a bit of fun on the computer it's just me being creative mm. and it's kind of tying those things together and saying no this is actually something you could do as a job and you can be really creative with it so yeah. it's it, it's not just maths it's not just you know doing scientific stuff Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting point, actually. And so, yeah, it's, when you're speaking there, it's just sort of thinking about it, it is an interesting uh, perspective of when, when does that bias start and where, where does it come from? Is it, you know, innate within the person or is it an external influence? And uh, yeah, as a father of two girls myself, I'm quite overly conscious, I think, of not imparting any kind of external bias you know, from my perspective onto them in terms of the thing you know like I said the toys that they want to play with or you know the kind of choices that they make I'm kind of very much led by uh, by the stuff that they like to do um yeah and there will be times that um Heidi who's my eldest she'll she'll want to play with a, a dolly over a, a car for instance but there's other times that she you know she enjoys uh counting you know I think she is kind of a more numerate kind of uh, child than necessarily create I don't know where she's got that from it's not from me <laughs> but uh, you know, she's, I think she is kind of more numerate than than creative and um uh, creative in kind of the artistic sense necessarily and uh yeah it's, it's kind of like I say just trying to encourage people to, to to do things they're interested in and not sort of put any of these setting stone rules in, in place uh, I think it's, it is really important at a very young age isn't it and I think the educational system it does have a lot to answer for from from that regard absolutely because I, I, I've exactly the same experiences when I was at school you know, uh, within the, I did uh, IT, uh, GCSE, and I don't think it was a single girl in the class. Um, you know, and there must be something in that, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, but, um, okay. So, I mean, from that perspective, in terms of the, of the bias element of things, in your experience, I mean, it sounds like Sky's got a great proportional representation of, of, of men and women, which is great. Um, but have you been exposed to any kind of biases in terms of the way uh, you're treated as a woman in technology from, you know, maybe a, a peer level or a management level, uh, you know, good, bad or indifferent. Do you feel you've been exposed to any kind of, uh, you know, different type of treatment as a, as a female in technology? Um, not me personally, but I know of other um, friends that work in, in Sky as well or that work in other companies that have said things like someone said to them, oh, you're, you're really good for a female engineer something you know and it's like why do you have to say the female bit you know yeah. just you're just a good engineer you know um or there was um so i did this get into tech scheme and i was lucky because i was placed in two really good teams and you know there was there was absolutely no um issues everyone just treated me like a, a full member of the team and and that was great but other people have had issues where the team has just been like oh you know you're, you're one of those getting to tech people you know we don't we don't really think much of you and I've actually heard of one girl who she really wanted to join a team and she really studied um, the technology that they used and she was really into it and she was really excited to join that team and they said oh we've had your kind before and we won't we don't want you 
Um, so it's things like that that, you know, you still need to tackle. It's, it, it's worrying that that's still happening. Yeah, absolutely. But she, she was like, look, bring it on. I, I want to do it. Let me prove myself. I'm not whoever you've had before. Yeah. You know, and they wouldn't give her a chance. And I think that that's, that's really, really concerning. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, I suppose you get, you know, people like that in all walks of life, don't you, irrespective of whether you're a man or a woman. And, and, you know, sometimes you've got to look at it through a relatively impartial lens of, do you just get people in the world of work that are just pretty ignorant and, and tolerant to most people, irrespective of that? And I think it's it's good if you can adopt that kind of mindset of, well, look, I'm, I'm going to show you rather than sort of play the victim. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah. I, I do think that, um, unfortunately, it has been encouraged to kind of be like for the industry to be like that at the moment, just because it has been so male dominated that now women are trying to get in there, that the men are sort of closing ranks a little bit sometimes and right. not all of them, but there's definitely some that do feel threatened by this. And, and it, it's a shame because actually diversity always brings um, a lot of benefits to the team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's always um, a question I'm always really interested in the answer to and ask clients, you know, kind of, um, you know, is there a particular kind of uh, personality profile or type of person that, that you find is this sort of a common thread of characteristics that fits well within the team? And, uh, you know, it's, it's more just really trying to understand what their perspective is on, on diversity, because there's certain businesses that see it as a, uh, you know, they, they really do try and look for people that have a real kind of template of, you know, this is the kind of person we look for, this is the personality profile we look for. Um, whereas there's other businesses that, that say, you know, the diversity element is what makes us a, a, a great team. You know, the fact that everybody has a different personality, a different backgrounds, come from a different, a different walk of life. You know, that's the kind of rich tapestry we're, we're kind of looking to create rather than kind of replicate the same person over and over again. So, you know, and diversity, it is without a shadow of a doubt now it's kind of one of those buzzwords that everybody kind of i suppose utilizes in some way shape or form um yeah about to talk about that um but where do you and what does what does diversity mean to you um you know in, in this day and age so i think that it's it's having lots of people from from different um walks of life different ethnic backgrounds different genders everyone has something different to offer you know everyone has a different story everyone has different thoughts and ideas and it's really good when you challenge that and again i guess it depends who your customers are so if your customers are all women in their 30s then yeah by all means have a team that's all women in their 30s because they understand that market but if you're someone like sky you're um selling to all different types of people so why not have those people represented in the room to, mm. to maybe bring up things that you haven't thought of? You know, you might think, um, I, I think there's, you, you get sort of application forms and it, it's sort of like, you know, miss or missus or whatever. And, you know, a guy, Mr. Miss or missus or whatever. And a guy might not pick up on that, that, that that could be offensive to someone or, you know, whereas someone, someone else might, or if you get someone maybe who's trans, you know, they might say, well, actually, you know, where do I fit in there? So it is good to have those different voices in the room. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting perspective to, to think about building a business culture based around the you know, reflection of your customer base, actually, isn't it? Because I think, I don't think many companies necessarily do 
consider that. I think they kind of think, well, this is our internal culture. This is this is what fits well for us. But they don't really ever think about the people they're serving necessarily. Is there is there a is there a good match there? Um, well, so, you look at mobile. You look at mobile apps. You know, it's customer base is sixty percent women, and yet they're being built by ninety percent men. Mm. You know, so why not have those people in the room that actually use things and and allow them to be part of the building process? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, okay, so I mean, I think I think we're agreed. You know, definitely is an area that. Thankfully, a lot of businesses are looking to address, you know, they do have you know, some great sort of initiatives around this to try and even up the balance as best as possible in the, in the fairest way as, as possible. But, you know, from your experience, what do you what do you feel businesses could, you know, for anybody that's out there at the moment, they, they have absolutely no problem with employing women and they would they'd like to attract more women to themselves as a business. What, what do you think businesses could could do to attract uh, more women into their tech teams? So I think it's how you word your um, your job adverts. You know, you, you have to think about um, are you putting unconscious biases in there? Are you putting you know, male terms? Or I mean, I was asked about an advert that was just very, very technical, and actually the role wasn't that technical, and uh, you know anyone could do it. But they said to me, "Would you be put off by this?" And I said, "Yeah, absolutely. I would think no, I don't have any of those skills." And yet they were like, "But you could do that job." So. You have to think about how you write those adverts. Um, you also have to think about, you know, sometimes having too many criteria because women will try to match every single criteria on a job interview, yeah. on a job advert. And whereas men will go, oh, I've got 50% of that. Yeah, I'll go for it. You know, that'd be fine. And, yeah. and most companies don't expect you to fulfill all those criteria. But unfortunately, women are still, we're finding, are still wanting to, have at least 90% of those before they'll even think of applying for a job. So you need to get them applying if you even want to get them through the door. Mm. And, and there's other things that, you know, technology is actually really, really flexible in, in how it works. And, you know, we do have, to, we can work with flexible hours, we can work from home, different things, but that's not really promoted. And you should be promoting that to women who maybe have kids or you know, different lifestyles that they want to that flexible hours would work really really well for them all working from home and knowing that those jobs are out there you know i don't think many women are aware that, that that's actually something that would really benefit them yeah absolutely absolutely yeah we, we you know we do often speak to um to, to some clients that uh, say you know well we don't we don't offer any kind of part-time work and it's it's got to, got to be in the office full-time and it's like well you know pe- people have lives outside of work it doesn't mean they can't necessarily deliver any better or any lessons than someone that's in the office and i think this whole you know unfortunate situation that we find ourselves in in many ways i think it is going to fundamentally change the landscape of you know i think the world is going to be a very different place on the other side of this as to how we work and you know where we work from and the hours that we work as well because uh, you know i think the the kind of theory of you need to be in an office working from this day to this day and this time to this time is is going to be fundamentally disproven in this 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 world and um, because you know i'm speaking to clients now that are thankfully experiencing massive sparks spikes in productivity because you know there's the people are at home there's less distraction hey they're, they're cracking on and getting a really good day's work 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 done um you know and there's there's less uh kind of meetings in the day of, you know, you know, the kind of meetings that could be done by email, you know, there's less of those because everybody's got sort of specific times they need to do these types of chats. And, you know, thankfully this kind of technology, it really does 
enable you to just question you know what's the value in having everybody in in, in the same office all the time so uh, hopefully that, that's something that the businesses might reconsider moving forward in light of the uh, you know the unfortunate pandemic situation yeah i mean this pandemic has proven that you can do things from home you know i mean we've taken everything and and yeah there's there's, there's negative bits to it because I do miss seeing the people that I work with and you know things like pair programming is not that easy to do now but yeah. it, it's kind of made me go off and do a lot more stuff on my own which I've learned a lot from as well um, and actually I've thought now going forward I probably would do two days a week working from home because I have a really long commute and it, it's quite knackering and actually you know, I can. I've shown now that actually working from home is absolutely fine as long as you have a good setup and everything. It's it's easy to do. But we have um, a Sky Scholars t um, scheme where we um, give women who have um, good, like a technology business or a technology idea, we um, give them funding. Uh, I think it's twenty five thousand to set up their business, and then we give them mentorship and help them. And one of the women who we had this year, she created this watch, which is for kids. Um, so it's like a smart watch for kids so that um, if you lose your child, you can find them and so on. And it was based on experience she had, I think, when she lost her child in a park or something. And um, anyway, she's created this this watch. And I think it's, it's now um, they're coming up with lots of other ideas for, for the use of this thing. Um, but she employs only women, only, I think they're all, mostly mothers who all work from home, all work remotely, all around the world. And she says, you know what, she gets the most productivity out of them because she said to them, I don't care when you work, I don't care when you, do, you fit it around your kids, do whatever. Um, I just care that, that you do the job, right? Yeah. And so she says they work harder than yeah. they would if they were in an office because they work the hours that they can do and whether it's when the kids are in bed or whether it's you know middle of the day when the kids are at school or um but you know they can nip out and they can do their normal life around it but they're still really productive totally agree yeah i think i think it, a, a hybrid model is kind of where i, I believe the sweet spot will lie off the back of this like you said because i think people do miss the, the human contact and and sort of the the collaboration elements especially like say within pair programming of course that makes it so much easier if you're technically in the same room as someone but but yeah i think that kind of hybrid model of moving forward you know not necessarily needing to be in the office uh, five days a week I, I i hope will prevail because uh yeah, I totally agree with you and what you've just said there. I mean, that sounds like that's that's kind of a that model you mentioned is quite an extreme of everybody works from home, everybody works remotely on a on a time schedule to suit them, which which is great if it if it works for for them. But I think fundamentally, people people will deliver if you get the right people on board and they're bought into the mission. People will deliver if they're if they're trusted. You know, they feel like they're trusted. People will want to go the extra mile to 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 do the work. I think it's businesses where. You know, they have the ethos of a mandate of, well, no one can work from home. So if they work from home, they won't do any work. It's like, you know, that, that will come across. And, you know, businesses that have had that kind of uh, ethos to date that have been thrust into the situation now where everybody is working from home, whether they like it or not, you know, not only are they going to have a problem from, from a, technical a technical infrastructure perspective in terms of actually getting these people up and running and productive from home, but I also think from a mindset perspective as well, because, you know, a lot of people haven't had that um responsibility or that autonomy uh that kind of level of, of flexibility and freedom in the past and i think 
unfortunately a lot of people probably will see it like a little bit like a holiday you know like they're, they're not sort of being spied upon anymore so i think there's going to be that kind of transition period as well for for businesses to um you know to to, to get it right but uh but no it is going to be very interesting i think to to see where we land off the back of this um yeah and there's ways and means of, of checking that someone is actually doing work because you know without being too draconian we have a stand-up every morning where we say yesterday i did this and today i'm going to work on this and you know, you have to have something to say. So if you have, if you've been sat around all day doing nothing, it's going to show. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I mean, you mentioned there um, a minute ago that sort of a couple of initiatives, and, and just to kind of circle back to the to the women in technology um, discussion. What, what initiatives are you aware of in, in the marketplace for for you know anything you could recommend for um, for for females that are interested in getting into the world of technology? Um, are there any initiatives out there you would, you would champion? Yeah, so I said, so definitely the Sky Getting to Tech. Um, that was the one that, that got me in. Um, I believe there's other companies that have done similar. I think the BBC does one. Um, I'm not not too sure, um, but I know that there's quite a few different companies now that are trying to get more women into tech. Um, what I found really, really useful was the meetups. So different meetup groups. There's women in technology groups, ladies who code. Um, then there's specifically ones for, so I think there's um, a Python ladies world, Pythonistas. Um, there's um, some JavaScript ones. Um, there's um, lo loads of different. If you go on the meetup um, website or the meetup app, and look for anything related to coding and women um loads of stuff will pop up and there's literally i mean at the moment they're virtual events but obviously hopefully once this is over there'll be more in-person events and i found those are really good for networking and that's where you find out about who's hiring who's really keen on women in tech you know because they target those meetings so you find that there's there's lots and lots of good organizations that are really supporting women in tech and really looking for new talent and people who are keen to learn yeah How do, it's interesting to say that i have found those um those remote networking events because similar in recruitment i mean i'm a, I'm a massive believer of, of networking and face-to-face -face interaction with people i think it's kind of the the best way to to truly build relationships and um you know prior to this obviously we would be doing a lot of face-to-face -face networking but how how are the remote networking events uh, panning out for you so um, I think people are still finding their feet a little bit. So some of them have just been much more just a presentation, which, which is great because it's actually useful because you learn something. But as far as the networking goes, that's a very hard thing to replicate um, online because normally you have like little groups breaking off and things. So there's one good one that I've done, um, I think, which is Women, Women Tech Club, I think it's called. And they, they've been doing these positivity lunches um, on a Thursday. And what she does is they'll have a little talk at the beginning that everyone's involved in. And it's on Zoom. And then she takes, she sort of splits the group into smaller groups. And she takes you up into like a side room on, on Zoom. And then um, what she's been doing is just kind of like basically... Um, asking different people questions and then trying to get everyone to, to chat and getting everyone involved. And that's, that's worked pretty well. I think everyone's still a bit awkward, but um, people are getting better at it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I guess it is. It's a new concept, isn't it? Like anything, it will evolve over time. But um, 
yeah, that, I mean, that, going back to your point earlier, I guess there's certain things that are always going to be quite difficult to replicate, you know, without physically being in the same room and having that kind of human contact. But it's uh, it's amazing how technology is, is really enabling us to, you know, not not have this fundamental breakdown in, in productivity and still you know, still find a way to, to communicate. So um, we are very lucky that we have all this technology now, because if this had happened, say, 10 years ago, we wouldn't be in this position at all. So, absolutely. yeah. You know, tech- Technology is where it's at, and I think that's that's the industry to be in now. Yeah, we're making all this possible. Totally agree. <laughs> well, not on that note. Um, so, Joe, it's been amazing having you. Thank you very much for your uh, for your time. Some really interesting perspectives there, and uh, yeah, very very uh, grateful for you coming on and sharing those. So, uh, yeah, I guess all that remains to be seen is uh, thank you for your time, and uh, hope you have a great rest of the day and stay safe, and um, okay, look forward to, to catching up with you in not too distant future. Thanks very much. All right, bye for now. Bye.